I'm Zach. I'm Riff. I'm Jim. And I'm Kevin. It's time for episode number 303 of Video Games Hot Dog. Guys, only 101 more episodes. Until we can't find it anymore. How's, how's it going, gentlemen? Good. Are you still tired from your Portland trip the way that I'm still tired from your Portland trip? Um, I did not sleep very well. Uh, there is a particular kind of couch that has like a pullout section. Uh, and I think it is just a bad design because the, none of the cushions on it are very comfortable and you're always on some sort of seam unless you're an infant. Uh, it's popular in Airbnbs. Apparently. We've had yeah. one in the last two we've stayed in. Yeah. Seems like an Ikea, an Ikea joint. Sure. Yeah. Ikea couches are all very, very bad. Uh, that's my hot take. The couch <laughs> that we have in our place in my apartment is an Ikea couch. Uh, the, the couch itself cost less than the cover for the couch because we bought the cover new and we bought the couch used. Um, but we couldn't have like a white couch in the house with a black shedding cat. That What's going to happen when Ferdinand so gets anyway. old and his hair is all white? Oh, that'd be so cute if he got little gray hairs. Just mm. No, temples. it'll eventually become completely white. Like what do you call dies? it? What's, what part of a cat is the temples? Cats have the, heads. The cat temples. Yeah. Yeah. Like in Egypt. Right. Yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> what have you been up to, Jim? You're the only one of us who wasn't locked in a room together for a week. Um, so I, uh, I uh, helped a cat. Okay. Do what? Uh, Rub- get, its temples. get past an obstacle. Okay. It was... <laughs> It was it was helping a cat, but it wasn't helping a cat in the way you usually help a cat, which is like, like out of a tree. to remove an obstacle that you put in its place, like a shut door, okay, or like something that it just relies on you all the time for, like food, food. okay. Um, so like the obstacle of starvation. So like, I, I helped a cat doing a cat that was doing a cat thing, but having a hard time doing it, and it just what was the cat thing? Uh, it was trying to get past an obstacle, and I moved <laughs> it was the obstacle, trying to lick its butt, <laughs> and um. Was, was this like out of doors? Uh, yeah, yeah. Inside your was home? Was it your cat? No, it was a friend's cat. Okay. Um, stop uh, trying to, you're trying to dig out the interesting part. I'm <laughs> getting to it, guys. Okay. <laughs> uh, what I thought was the interesting part of this was that I was then imagining like, okay, so I'm, imagine like you had, there was a dude that hung around near you all the time that was like 20 times your size. Mm hmm. And you're just doing like work, you know, you're doing, you're doing a programming problem. You're like really trying really hard to debug this thing. And this dude, without stopping what he's doing, like he has this this rich inner life (laughs) and like without like stopping the conversation he's having with the other 20, 20 times your size person, just like reaches down and like fixes a bug in your code. And like, there you go, buddy. (laughs) Just like no problem. I mean, is is that not your experience of God? <laughs> uh, I I've never observed it to be so, but I guess I can't rule it out. Like right. maybe I mean, every every epiphany I have is like a greater being tweaking something in my brain. Well, I regularly epiphany. go to sleep and find that elves have written a lot of code for me. Okay, uh, epiphany has got to be religious in origin, right? Is that I think I think the the word is yeah. yeah. Well, it's either that or, like, getting a lot of um, EpiPens stuck in you all at the same time. Mm. Epi, EpiPenny? That's not that's not the same thing at all. No, none of that was good. Okay. <laughs> Can you just 
use EpiPens recreationally. Sure. <laughs> I mean, what would it do? Would, isn't it just sort of like an adrenaline shot? I, I, I guess if you were an adrenaline junkie, you would yeah, literally be, yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah. Just, just slamming it, just, just slam jamming it the way that chug it that like a like say. a Red Bull. I assume it's epinephrine, epiphedrine, ep, norepinephrine. You could probably refill an empty one with whatever you wanted. Oh yeah, and just resell it. Yeah. Oh yeah. This is uh, full of Kool Aid. Kool Aid. Wow. Yeah. I, I we mm, nice. Good <laughs> Hershey <laughs> syrup. It'd be really yeah, the old Hersey Sherps in the EpiPen prank. <laughs> Not a, now you're still having anaphylactic shock and you have diabetes. Oh no. <laughs> Do you think that a single intravenous application of Hersey Sherps would instantly <laughs> cause type 3 diabetes, which is the kind of diabetes that's just having too much Hersey Sherps in your veins? I think yes. it would cause delicious blood. Mm, he died of delicious blood syndrome. Yeah. Yeah. You'd really have to hide from vampires so then. I was going to say, says the <laughs> vampire doctor. <laughs> you always, you always kind of have to hide from vampires, but like if you had delicious blood syndrome and it, but it wasn't a terminal case. Hmm. Well, they might. That actually might not be terminal uh, because it's like you don't. The vampires would want to keep you around. Yeah, you don't cut down the 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 vine, the vineyard because it's made really good grapes, right? You, you oh. harvest the grapes and you're careful. You, you like you you water the plant. But I, but who would be responsible for continuing to feed you intravenous Hersey Sherps? Uh, okay. Yeah, 20, something you, something that's twenty f- times your size. But he would have to do it via uh, his instrument, a doctor, <laughs> right? Or maybe he just sends Cupid down to to shoot the hypodermic arrows at you. Oh, and instead of having love juice, yeah, you got Hershey uh, shirts, which well, is Hershey like shirts. love juice. Yeah, yeah, maybe that is the love juice. That's what you think. That maybe love, that's what you it's think been that all the, the the fluid that is in uh, Cupid's arrows is the same consistency as Hershey shirts. I think maybe Hershey is like was able to recover one of those arrows and just oh. developed. Oh, so it's literally the same thing. So also yeah. when you inject yourself, uh, you you fall in love with whatever, it whoever is. you see, whatever, you're whatever. Yeah. So with, I guess it, with Hershey syrup, the vampire would want, would want it to be him or her. What was the obstacle? It was a fan. Okay. So like somebody was just like, oh, cat, oh, where do you get your ideas? Oh, I love all of your, I love right, all of I, your I picked your up the fan and moved it out of the way. Okay. Because the cat was trying to get past the fan and like. Was being blown back? Oh, that's adorable. <laughs> that real, I, I untied the parachute here. that I had tied to the cat earlier. Right. Man, what if there was a cat and he was like trying to steal your little parachute guy toy, but he couldn't because to get it away from you, the wind kept pulling him back. That'd be that would be pretty cute. Although if it was that windy, more than six words, it'd probably be somebody else's uh, parachute guy, (laughs) right? From up the road, assuming the wind is running down road. Can can a can a vehicle be propelled by the wind down road faster than the wind? What is it? D W F T T W is that category of theoretical problem? Downwind faster than yeah, downwind faster than the wind. Whether you can build a wind-powered device that results in the the vehicle moving downwind faster, I think it would involve a flywheel. It's one of those. Well, but c- could it could it sustain it? Right, because once you're moving faster than the wind, there's no wind anymore in theory. There's wind going the other way. Oh yeah, yeah. There you go. Hmm. So yeah, this is one of those things. Like, can a plane take off on a treadmill? Right. Can a helicopter take off on a record player? Are 
Is any of us Viking? a sailor? Or what? Are any of us sailors? No. Okay. I know a sailor. Okay. I'm a son of a son of a sailor. If you could ask the sailor you know or your grandfather, Zach, I they I bet they would have some insight into this question. Uh, he's dead and he was actually a tinker. Oh. <laughs> or maybe he was a soldier or a spy? Yeah, that was the that was the gag. Okay. That was that Twitter meme that was going around. Your grandfather, that you're naming your new craft beer. It's your grandfather's job and a word you don't fully understand. Right. Mm. I forget what yours was. I didn't. I don't think I. You actually, didn't do that one. I, I didn't thought do you did that one. I, I did it in my head and then never posted it. Oh, what was it? Uh, engineers Gestalt. Okay. Yeah, that's pretty good. I couldn't. I couldn't think of uh, uh, such a word off the top of my head. Gosh, it's I, tough because you know one. every word. It's not that. It's just that I either know I don't know it, or I feel like I do know it, even if I don't. Gestalt is one of those yes. words that I've looked up like twenty times and then like forget in five minutes. Yeah, like I, I mean, there's there's a ton of words that if I if I see it, I will go. I don't know what that means, but I don't remember them. Like I couldn't list a list of them because then I would remember what they were. You know. Do you guys know what it means? I, I take it to mean like something, the the system that arises from parts that is greater than the parts. Okay. Like if I were to try to define it, I would define it as like your perception of a thing, um, irrespective of what it's actually composed of. There's gestalt psychology. What does gestalt mean in the dictionary? I mean, it's a German so word. Right? My grandfather was the dictionary editor. He was not. That, that's, that sounds a lot like the phenomenology of perception. Gestalt, right. noun in psychology, an organized whole that is perceived as more than the sum of its parts. Okay. Something that is made of many parts and yet is somehow more than or different from the combination of those parts. Okay. So, I mean, like, I think consciousness as being something more than a bunch of jelly wired together with myelin sheaths around it yeah that's a good example uh, well except which i think is where it comes from right like it, that just is the sum of its parts and we just we just we just don't understand the arithmetic well i yeah. mean presumably like it's it, this, we're talking about human perception here as opposed right. to like what like literally everything is literally the sum of its parts okay do you mean literally to mean literally or figuratively uh both <laughs> i'm nonplussed <laughs> <clears throat> Mine was palimpsest, which I think is something it, to do isn't it like a cartouche or something. Like with, a palimpsest is like something that's been written on and then erased and then written on again. Yeah. Is it? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So like a traditionally like a, a sheepskin that's been scraped clean and reused. I see. So it has to have been written on once before it becomes a palimpsest. So like a. I so. A post-it note is not a palimpsest, but if I write on it and then erase it and then write on it again, yeah. it, when does it become a palimpsest? Is I think it when the, I write I on it a second time? The second time you write on it, I yeah. See. Did you know that um, the, one of the guys from the monkeys, his mom invented the palimpsest? <laughs> pretty sure that's not true. Unless you mean like like the mother of a monkey. <laughs> In, whoever invented scraping. Right. <laughs> the, the earlier text still has to be visible. Oh, so it's like do a, like a tattoo do over, where yes. eventually it will fade and you'll be able to see the old tattoo under it, and it'll just still say "I love corn" K O R N. 
when you've changed it to that you love the vegetable corn. I love the corn. <laughs> that's <laughs> like, that's how you've updated that tattoo to make sure that nobody thinks. The, the part of Baby Driver that I think is going to stick with me the longest is the uh, the guy who had the tattoo that has said hate, and then he blacked out the letter E. So he just had a tattoo that said hat and then an enormous black square. And then questioned when questioned about it, he just said, who doesn't love hats? Well, okay. I can certainly get behind that. Yeah. Sure you can. Why? Like, I think the thing that would bother me and probably did in the moment was, why didn't you turn that black square into a top hat? So then it would just oh. be like, I just, I had this tattoo of a hat, hat, hat and well, then I decided to label it. I, I think the, the other joke in that scene is that this guy's an idiot. Oh, okay. No ragrats. It like I, I I think anyway. Go on. Do you have any tattoos, Jim? You don't have any tattoos. I don't have any tattoos. None of us have any tattoos except for Riff, who has nine hundred tattoos. If by nine hundred you mean one. Mm-hmm. It's made of nine hundred individual parts. Yeah, it's but pixels. it is greater than the sum of those. Yeah, it's right. a real Gestalt tattoo. It's a tattoo of Gestalt the mouse. That's got to be something. Probably. If not, you just invented it. Rule 34. Now you have to make the porn, too. I want to apologize in advance and also uh, posthumously uh, for the <laughs> for the quality of my thinking and expression during this. I am... Are you on drugs? No, I'm just incredibly mentally exhausted from the oh. work week that we had. Over the weekend. Uh, yeah. It's like I'm still tired from thinking real hard for four days, two days ago. I don't like it. You guys thinking about uh, the desolate, lonesome coast? Yeah, we just, this is not, this doesn't go there, but uh, yeah, we, we just designed an entire DLC package for West of Loathing. And it was, it was like all the hard parts of that kind of work all kind of front loaded. So now I could just like skate by and just labor. And Riff has to write. Except you occasionally have to record a podcast. Yeah. Yeah. And also, apparently, I'm just too tired to even think about doing anything. Still. Somehow. Anyway, I hope you guys are funny. (laughs) Let's see what I can do. Yeah, so uh, also, consequently, to that trip having taken place, I have nothing to talk about. I guess we went and saw Fight Club last night. Yeah. Did you start a fight club because you were excited about the concept of a fight club? I would like to apologize to anyone that I talked to for the first, like, four or five years, say, after I saw that movie the first time. (laughs) (laughs) Was this the first time you'd seen it since then? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Huh. Yeah. It was the first time I had revisited it, and I was like, man, I understand why a a younger, dumber, and fuller of cum version of me. (laughs) Uh, I do remember you liking that movie a lot. Unless I'm thinking of a different one. You're thinking of Kevin, actually, who I think likes that movie a lot from a cinematographic point of view. I, I, I remember like it you a lot being, from a bunch of different points. Of you've view. been you being really blown away by by David Fincher's. I got to say, of of the like quote old movies that I've gone to see, of the non first run movies that I've gone to see at the Alamo in the last few months, this is partly the newest one, but also partly I think just post when was it. I can't remember if Pacific Title is the company that does the cool title sequences or the company that owns the title to my house. <laughs> what, what, 
What, there is a fa- there is a famous company that like in the early t- in the late nineties early two thousands started getting like farmed out to do the opening sequences of movies and i think this was one of one of their early good like this was one of the first movies that i can remember seeing that the opening sequence was like a thing right and it made it yeah yeah and it made it feel way more modern than i think like another movie that just didn't have that i think of that as kind of david fincher thing like Uh, i feel like all modern movies have like a just well, a crazy CG yeah. thing that's I, I, like when I when I the say opening I think credits. that like I probably had that thought in like 2004. Did David Fincher do seven also? Yeah, yeah, okay, because I remember yeah. seven being like a like a tool video. And looking back on it, like um, Panic Room, like incredible title sequence, and then the rest of the movie is just okay. Mm. Uh, what? Is, how did the Matrix start? Um. Like it was like the the production company logo, and then it turned all green. Ma- Matrix yeah, glitched texty. out. Yeah, was it the Warner Brothers logo maybe? No. Anyway, this movie felt newer to me than than even like say Love Actually. Love Actually kind of reads like an older movie to me now, even though I think Love Actually and Fight Club came out around the same time. I think Fight Club was ninety nine. Ninety nine, and yeah, and I think so. Love Actually is two thousand one. Yeah. It was like right. It was like Christmas of two thousand one. It was like right after September eleventh, and there was like a sort of a clumsy nine eleven reference in the opening sequence. Vo, <laughs> it felt clumsy to me, uh, and it certainly feels clumsy in retrospect. But yeah, that's weird. Uh, I like a lot of things about Fight Club, but man, am I glad I'm old? Why? And really meaningfully less full of cum in the way that that. That that phrase so, like, is meant to. I'm just picturing like the the image that's been going around that I think is satire of the guy talking about how you have to be really smart to appreciate Rick and Morty. You have to have a, like a grasp of oh, theoretical yeah, physics like, to get yeah, all the jokes. Russian literature. Right. Yeah. Uh, no, I don't know about that. Yeah. Uh, no, no I don't think sure I don't think that, that that Twitter comment is satire. Yeah. No, it's just a lot of like really like hypocritical, uh, not well thought out kind of, uh, I don't know, nihilistic anarchism that was not like delivered on at all by the fact that I didn't like ever quit my corporate job. Like <laughs> it was just like, hey, check out how miserable I am and the rest of you. And all of my friends were like, you make twice as much money as we do doing nothing at a computer. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, well, OK, that, well, I mean, sorry. I think that was part of part of what that movie was about was like. The nihilism of the late '90s was like of the of the youth of the late '90s came in part from the fact that like oh suddenly everybody has a good job and yet we're still all miserable. I and I think that was kind of I I was thinking about this through a lens of the past couple of years and I yeah. think it's really interesting that that basically everybody that is partaking in the like the fight clubs um, is in this notion in this sort of like modern sense the sort of disenfranchised working class that right that elected trump right i think i think it also probably kept a certain amount of like grouchy after effects of toxic masculinity around in 
a population that was never going to like hunt and gather anyway, even if it had been a hundred or 200 years earlier. But like, I just, I, it feels kind of MRA to me I, at this well, point in I, a, in a way that, that bugs me and kind of like, I, you know, I, I, I feel like the movie doesn't really portray any of those characters as aspirational no. Um, so that, I think that's, that, that's what, that's why they get away with it in my head at least. But I, I also think that a lot of people did interpret it that way. Sure. And it certainly doesn't go out of their way to give anybody their comeuppance. That's true. Right. Too. I mean, it, it, it kind of, you know, I don't know. It, it, I do feel like it kind of glorifies all of this stuff, right? Cause they don't like, like one guy gets killed and it's a big deal. Yeah. Right. Like, and it makes a point of like, no, this doesn't have any consequences for anyone except that everything rules and like stick it to the man. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. It just felt kind of gross in retrospect. Like, huh. yeah, I get that. Yeah. So that's Fight Club. Hot take. <laughs> <laughs> 20-year-old hot take. Uh, I always preferred train spotting anyway. Yeah, train spotting is pretty good. <laughs> I've watched it like probably at least once every couple of years since then though. I've just never gone back to this. You know what else I haven't gone back to is the second Matrix movie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to remember if I have. It's certainly like I, I barely remember it if so. There's that one uh, significant scene that takes place in Merovingia <laughs> when, the, when that guy's having a flashback to his childhood growing up in Merovingia. Is that the name of a place? I don't think so. Okay. I, I mean, I think, maybe, I think so, in, but I don't think it's like... Even loft. Yeah. <laughs> right, yeah. Uh, well, should we talk about video games? Okay. I suppose. Sure. I played a little bit of the... Um, what I thought was... Dishonored 2 DLC, but turned out to just be a small standalone Dishonored game. Uh, the Death of the Outsider. I had no idea. It's like it does not require Dishonored 2 to play, and it costs $30. Hmm. And I don't know how long it is, but it's you're just a different character and you have a different set of powers, and uh, it's just another Dishonored game, which seems pretty good. I played through the first like mission and a quarter today, got just far enough in to get the powers that the the new character as you're playing as the uh billy lurk the the uh the woman who's the captain of the ship in dishonor 2 has the one arm and the one eye except you have your arm and your eye but then you're apparently get stuck in between two realities and one of them is where you have your arm and your eye and when you you played uh dishonor 2 did you do the part of the Oh, right. There's a crack in the slab thing where you can make it so she doesn't get right. I had totally forgotten about that. Yeah, that's interesting. So if you did that, the canon ending for that is that both or neither happened, I guess, which is a great can. That's a great way of handling a paradox. Yeah. yeah. Just like make that paradox a problem that the that's really like the uh, what if you ever read the Dark Tower series? I read, like, the first four books. So, yeah, the third book is, like, chiefly about two characters who were involved in a time paradox dealing with that until they right. got the timelines back together. Right, right. Um, Which book? Uh, the Wastelands. Okay. 
in the Dark Tower series. I don't really remember that. Huh. It's like what the first half of the book is, like, is what everybody is what they're trying to do. Because, like, in the. Which character was it? So, Jake, the kid, right, goes into Roland's world in the Gunslinger and dies. Yeah. And in the second book. Roland prevents him from going into. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah! I remember this. The, into Midworld in the first yeah. place. Weird. Yeah. I only read the the series altogether like once through each book. Yeah. So. I've been listening to uh, Cole and Friends Radio Free Midworld podcast too, and just got yeah. to that part. So uh, I have too, despite barely remembering remembering the books. Yeah. It's they maybe a dumb way to go back some to the quality content. Got to got to hang out with Gary Butterfield quite a bit while yeah. we were in oh, old yeah. Portland. Gary's great. Solid. Solid dude. He took us to a place where we drank way too much beer. Oktoberfest. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Uh, so, yeah. Death of the Outsider seems pretty cool. Like, y- your mission is to kill God. Okay. That's basically the premise. So, it's a JRPG? Uh, mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Or a, it, it's a Philip Pullman joint. Uh, what I want to know is, uh, does the... Uh, you said it's standalone. Yeah. So if it's not DLC, this is less likely. But I want I want to know like if your decision in when you played Crack in the Slab affects whether or not you have an arm in the. Uh... I don't know because it. I mean, it like presumably d- does or doesn't have access to your save. I don't know. I don't know what happens with two different Steam SKUs. Whether you can elect to have them share data between each other. I don't think there's any sort of. File system protection preventing you from looking at other other games save files. Hmm. Uh, but yeah, so far uh, the powers that are unlocked for her, she starts out with the ability to talk to to listen to rats. So whenever you find swarms of rats around, you can just trigger them, and sometimes they're just saying like kind of generic rat I'm ratty rat. things. But sometimes they talk about like secret passages that then like put a indicator on your map like this is the place the rats were talking about so you can go up there now and it's i don't know it seems cool except that the the way that they do the audio effects on them makes it very very difficult for me to understand what the rats are saying um but that makes me happy to to note that whenever they say something important it puts it in text somewhere that you can go read it it's like it's like a like a sort of a chorus of weird little girl voices. It's very high pitched and then a lot of noise added to it. Um, Her powers are, she has a like line of sight teleport that requires you to place a like beacon that you then teleport to. Um, She has the ability to freeze time and move the camera around basically until mana runs out and can place a beacon in that mode anywhere that you can see. So you can instantly teleport like real significant distances. Uh, and she has the ability to knock someone unconscious and steal their appearance. So yeah. then can walk around as though she were that person. Um, it's real easy to fuck that up though. Like y- you have to get the person alone that they- they- people will be alerted if they find the body, like the unconscious body of the person that you're doing it to. If you, accidentally go into stealth then they say hey you're acting suspicious hey it's billy and then they attack you Hmm. Uh, but i mean it's more dishonored and i'm happy to see what 
those folks have made with the skills that they have now and the time to, you know, presumably implement some ideas that they didn't have time to get into Dishonored 2. Um, but it's weird that it's a standalone. Like, it... So it's not, it's not a piece of DLC. Yeah, it's just not DLC. Like, it's just a no. game that it's like, well, what does this mean for whether there's going to be Dishonored 3 or not? I mean, in, in a... If there are options where to, like, sell something that's fairly uh, separated from the regular game as DLC versus as a game, it makes sense to, like, leave the market... Leave it open to, like, sell to the larger market. Yeah, I mean, and they did... I mean, I don't know how long this is relative to The Knife of Dunwall or The Brigmore Witches, but The Knife of Dunwall, you were a different character, right? Mm -hmm. Like, you were playing as Dowd in that. Um, I think The Brigmore Witches, you were Corvo again. Um, man, Dishonored is good. Good game. It's not uh, as good as Prey. You don't think? I like Prey a lot. We've talked about this before. Yeah. I don't need to go into Prey again. Except that, like, it makes me sad that I haven't heard anything about, like, Prey developments and also the project lead quit because game industry destroys people, which is kind of what Prey is about. My impression is also that it did not sell. Right. That too. Um, enough. Yeah, I mean, like, it going on sale for 50%. Same thing happened with Doom 2016, I guess. Yeah. That I don't know if that is, like, regarded as a failure. Well, it's coming out on Switch before long, so maybe that'll give it a bump. Yeah. Maybe. That doesn't feel like a Switch game to me. Yeah, but it is every a game little feels, weird. feels like a Switch game, basically. Like, just... Why wouldn't you want to play a g every game on a device that fits in your pocket? Playing Doom with a controller feels wrong. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, I would say it was made primarily as a console game. So, like... Really? Yeah. Huh. I felt like it was real back-to-roots, strafing, WASD, and very precise aiming. Maybe that's game, why I didn't like, like it. Doom 1 style. I don't know. I mean, I just put it on easy. Yeah, I did. Get, get killed a bunch anyway. I did. Uh, I played a game by uh, Kyle Pittman called Regulation Pool, uh, which is on itch. Uh, it's and it's just pay what you want, uh, and it says this is the most realistic simulation of pool that you'll ever find. And when you play it, you are a pool ball, and you just sort of move around with WASD and and can just move <laughs> freely. And there are other pool balls that are fruits that you have to knock into the pockets to feed Yggdrasil, the world tree, which grows in the middle of the pool table. Uh, and there are some pool balls that have bombs on them, and if you don't knock those into pockets before they blow up, then you lose, like, one hit point, and once you lose three hit points, the game is over. Um, that's pretty good. Uh, it felt a lot like playing pool. <laughs> yeah. Like, in terms of the way the balls bounced off of each other and stuff. No, no, no. You're just running around like you're, aim like, rotating the camera with the mouse and just moving a pool ball around with WASD. But it, like, you know. When you hit something, does it, how much power does it impart to that thing? Uh, it depends on how f much of a run-up you had. Okay. I don't know if you can sprint or are the 
Are the physical models of the fruits spherical, or does it roll like a pear? It it rolls the ball. It's just a sphere with an icon of a fruit, okay. like a billboarded sprite inside it, and the the is balls this, are all like half transparent, half. Okay. Solid Do you think color. this is because that he was afraid of the copyright on the numbers on pool balls? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I played a game that has been bouncing around my Twitter sphere at least called freeways uh which is also an, oh, yeah it's also that. an itch jam uh, how, how is that to play it's it's pretty cool i think it's it just sets you up like there's a giant interconnected map and each screen is a level and okay. you you your solution to the a given screen stays there and feeds into wow the, traffic patterns of subsequent, subsequent level maps that yeah is which is nuts. it's really neat um and it's basically you just kind of you have roads that come in to the side of the screen and, and like the, the, cars the most of a particular color all come from that side yeah so the most the most basic case the most basic level is there's a there's a, a an in and an out for one highway on the left side of the screen and an in and out for a highway on the right side of the screen and you drag parallel lines across to make them meet and so now two of those are connected but you have to also connect them to them to each other like you have to be able to get from one to the other why uh, that's to solve the level like you have to like a car on this screen has to be able to leave by any of the exits no matter which entrance it came in on so you just like in the most simple case you just have to make a highway interchange like the ability to exit that highway and you can build overpasses of two levels two heights Jeez. Um, it's real unforgiving like I think that they just couldn't really figure out a way to let you like unpaint certain sections of road and so it's all or nothing like if you fuck up you gotta clear the the wow. screen yeah so it's I don't know it's neat and then you you have once you've connected all the exits you can hit this thing, this button that just like simulates a bunch of traffic real fast and gives you a rating and kind of shows you where the pain points are. And then that affects the number of cars that are that are like the rate at which cars are coming into the the same road on adjacent so doing levels. well makes it harder on future levels. Maybe. I don't know. Hmm. Or maybe it only maybe that only matters in the version of the simulation where you're zoomed all the way out. Like I've only done like five or six screens worth. But it's super fun. I, I, it's it. It would be a good game for me to put on my work computer because it's a good like tab into this for a level or two. Okay. And a level is like a few minutes, as opposed to Death of the Outsider, which a, like one level was an hour because I was trying to get everything. There are bone charms hidden in the first level. And you do not have any ability to detect them at a distance the way that you do in every other Dishonored game once you get powers. And it's just when you're near, it just says, there's a bone charm nearby. Look around carefully. Yeah. And so you just have to find it in the environment or, like, figure out, oh, it's below me or whatever. It was That was weird. The way, the way you detect stuff as Billy is when you're in that, like, time is frozen and I'm a ghost mode, anything that you see you can tag and then it just shows up as a ghost for you from then on like like when you tag uh bad guys in like a modern far cry game or when you're magic eagle or owl 
I don't remember what kind of bird it is in Far Cry Primal that can tag things, tag cavemans for you. <laughs> anyway, th- that's it. Those are the only games that I played, and I played all of them this morning so that I would have oh, wow. anything to talk about <laughs> on the podcast. What about you, Kevin? Uh, I forget if I talked about it last week. Uh, I played a game called Charming Runes. Does that sound familiar? You did not talk about it on the podcast. Okay. Uh, so this is a, another game by the Mighty Games folks. They made uh, sort of the Crossy Road expansion, the, like the Disney version and stuff. Um, they sort of are these people you know? Uh, I met some. I met a guy from there at PAX West. Uh, and he got me excited about about the fact I didn't even know they had made other games. They also made like um, Shooty Skies and stuff, and I, a bunch of games that I'd spent some time playing. Um, and so this one is a kind of t- sort of variant on Breakout, where you are throwing axes at runes. It's like sort of Nordic themed, um, and each of the blocks has a certain number of hit points and. Some of the blocks give you extra axes uh, that you then sort of throw in a line. And um, it's... You're eventually shooting like a stream of 30 axes. Yeah. And like they, they ricochet around like crazy forever. If you... if you Like do if it, the if first you, 10 make a hole that then the remaining 20 can bounce get through and can start rattling around in. Yeah. It it's, seems it's, like it's real physics wouldn't ricochet sure they're 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 magic axes i guess um and i think the game would be really good if it was not monetized so heavily there's a lot of like inroads to the fun level that uh that are due to just sort of just pay for power-ups yeah a lot of that and a lot of like Like, a lot of video ads interrupting your playtime and stuff and like Yeah, I like I played a level of it and I was like, man, I wish I could just give these people some money and play this fucking video game. But instead, I'm going to delete it because it's it's awful. I find myself going back to it and spending a few minutes playing it until the first video ad comes up and then I close it. (laughs) So it's, you know, whatever. I found a bug where I can get very slowly can get infinite uh, bomb power ups. So I'm just going (laughs) to keep doing that for a while. But then you'll um, use them all in one game. Well, I could. Uh, the highest score I ever got was the first game that it, it, you it gives you some free power. Because it gives ups. you some free yeah. power ups to use, and so that's sort of annoying that that like you just can't. Ma- like I've played, I don't know, probably thirty or forty games of it, and I haven't even gotten close to that. The first score. It sounds like free to play design. Yeah, I always assume with a game like this, that it would be easy for them to just make a version of it for five bucks. That was like a well-designed game. Cause obviously they, obviously they started with a game that was not trash and then compromised it and made it trash to fit this monetization model that they expect would work. But that's probably not true. Like, because that's what I would do if I were forced to do that. I, I think they just make way more money doing this than they would if they did that. Yeah, like, I think I think it's all just based on profit as the underlying motivation. Right, but I mean, so for me, like I would probably pay $5 for 
for that they are not going to make five dollars off of me on the monitor. Right. So like, why not have the turn off all the ads and free to play shit for yeah. five dollars? Well, because then no one will ever give them more than five dollars, yeah. yeah. and they rely on people giving them more than five dollars to right. like that's the yeah. What what they need is to figure out how to do the tiered monetization, of the same way that like you. By putting games on sale, you can sell it to people who will pay $60 and also $30. Right. Um, and apparently nobody's figured out how to do that for free-to-play. <laughs> like, the only tiers are, are t- like, $10,000 a month and zero. Uh, so the other thing is I, I continued to play a little bit more of that paper.io game, and I am 90% sure now, 95% sure that... Uh, that it is either just a single player game or that you are only very occasionally playing with other humans. And I think they are just trading on the .io as massively multiplayer game uh, sort of mind space, which I think is kind of clever. Yeah, that's pretty good. Right? I, I definitely think that you're right, though, because the made-up names of the other players are all way too clean and consistent. Yeah. <laughs> and nothing is ever misspelled, and nothing is it's ever, like, wacky. figuring out how to get the word fuck in past the filters. And yeah. they, should, they should talk to you guys about having a better name generator. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um. It you know and it's still it's still a fun game but it like when you realize that you're not playing against other people it, the the enjoyment level dropped tremendously. You also telling me that the game never ends except with you winning or you losing and you're there are still players left in the game when you win, right? Well, but, no, you like, you kill everybody. And you, oh, do you kill everybody? But it's constantly spawning new. Well, not when you like the the win condition is to take over 100 percent of the space and, and no. One oh, can I thought it was to take over territory. a big like. No, I see. Okay. So, but I have never been in a game where anyone else has had more than 50%. Right. Yeah. Which is another indication that this is not real. So it's pretty clever though. Yeah. That's, I, you know, I, 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 I don't fault them for it. They never, I don't, at no point do they say it's a massively multiplayer game that at least maybe they do on the, on the like store page. I don't remember that, but, uh, I mean, it saved them a lot of money on net code. code. Yeah. And every now and then there's somebody who has a weird name. And or like a custom avatar that I'm like, oh, huh. I wonder if that's a real person, but I, I just don't know. The, the scenario I'm imagining is that like they have net code that is broken, but they thought worked, but because they, their bots were so good, they never <laughs> noticed it wasn't working. That's That would be kind of amazing too, actually. It could also occasionally record games and then just spawn a copy of that player that just that's does true. all of their moves. Yep. They wouldn't, yeah. They wouldn't react to your stuff, but right? But that's they actually, often don't, right? Right. The AI often doesn't because I feel like if, I, like, I feel like if you were playing against ten AIs that were tuned at all hard, you wouldn't have a chance, right? Ever. Like, I, I've tried to do the, the the super like hilarious way, which would be to have like a tiny little block of your color in one corner and then just encircle the whole map. Mm. <laughs> yeah. uh, but that is never, and that, people, that people never, chew chunks out of it or they could, they could, but it's, it's, if anybody hits your tail and like, there's just, there's never a point where you can get all the way across all four sides without somebody hitting you in the, in the background. Oh, I thought you meant like slowly acquire territory along the edges. Oh, no, no, that's, that's how you, the that's the best way to win actually yeah, okay. is to just, just to stealthily, build a, a nice little chunk of um, build a ring around 
Uh, but that's I think that's probably all the new stuff. I've continued to play Breath of the Wild. It's awesome. I love it. Mm-hmm. It's, it's super good. Um, I mean, I haven't gotten very far. I'm still like, I've got like 20 shrines down and that's 60 Have you caught any seeds. divine beasts? I have not. I'm getting close to, like, Riff gave me the suggestion that I go towards the one in the northwest, so I'm I'm sort of near that one. Is that the one that gives you the thing that helps climbing? Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah the bird yeah. one. Riff, yeah. is, Riff has not told me what it does. I just couldn't figure out how to get there without getting set on fire. That was also my goal <laughs> when I last quit playing that game. Um, what else do I have? Uh, oh, yeah, I just I just bought a house, and... I just oh, upgraded yeah, yeah. a bunch of armor, <laughs> so I'm. I feel like I'm. I've now. How did you earn the money to get the house? Uh, just by fighting a bunch of stuff. I, mostly through bokoblin horns and like teeth. selling them. Yeah, yeah. I've sold. Uh, I sold some topaz and some animal or monster parts. I guess that's basically where all of my rupees have come from. Um, gotta get them rupees. Gotta get them rupees. Uh. Yeah, and I bought the stealth. I just bought all the armor that that I've been exposed to, and so now, I, and then I upgraded everything at the ferry. So now I have way better gear than I did like this nice. morning. So, but I haven't actually used it, so I don't know if it matters. I don't know that it's going to do anything. I guess I did blow up a bomb right behind me, and it only took off like a half a heart or a quarter heart instead <laughs> nice. of three hearts. So that's that's a good sign. So the the ferry added the reinforced butt. Yep. To your um, I. I would say 80% of my combat is with bombs. That's really interesting. Because it's the renewable resource. Like, it doesn't cost yeah. anything. My, it always sort of, I always, like, started out as careful, sneaky sniping, and then, oh, they noticed me. <laughs> now I'm running around frantically throwing bombs everywhere. Yeah, I guess I'll I'll do, like, the sneak strikes and the, the face yeah. bow shots and stuff if I can, but... Uh, but I, but like especially on the weaker enemies, anything that I know I can just kill in one hit yeah. or two hits with a bomb. I I will often sometimes stand at the top of a cliff and throw bombs over the edge, and they'll like blow up next to the monsters down below, and they'll they'll be like frantically looking around for the source of the. And I'm like, <laughs> you guys, look up once in a while. <laughs> yeah, those are fun. It's like bowling. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I also find it really satisfying the the sort of not exactly narrative I, progression I guess is the word I want where the 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 first time you start meeting those guardian robots they just kill the shit out of you and but then eventually you're killing the shit out of them and it's super satisfying. I have not gotten to the point where I'm killing the shit out of any guardian robots. No, Those it laser... takes it takes a time. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I've got a shield that that it that it will theoretically re- like um, deflect their like laser beams or whatever, but I haven't used it yet because I don't know how often it can do that, and I've only got the one. And uh, uh, my experience with that is that it 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 will eat most of your shield's durability to do it. I see. Okay. Yeah. Well, so then I'm gonna save that for. A time when I really need it, um, but that's a really cool shield too because it like all the guardian weapons are like yeah they're super like off yeah they're like off and then you uh, equip them and they start glowing and stuff it's really they did a really good job with the itemization like there's just a bunch of neat stuff yeah I remember about two thirds of the way through the time that I played it suddenly discovering that spears are really good oh yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. they're great I got I've got a thunder 
spear or thunder stick or something that, that is cool. It like glows and discharges electricity when you mm. hit stuff. Uh, what else? Oh, there's like there's the um, the uh, they're effectively wands. Um, oh, the fire rod, yeah, and ice rod things, yeah. Started finding some of those, yeah. From the whiz robes, I game is good. Like continuing to just, I, I well, so I'm continuing to hate the shit out of rain. I hate it, <laughs> and it drives me crazy because it's like it's it's as if it always knows yeah. when I'm about to like <laughs> start climbing something because it'll start raining. Um, and that's the only system that like so far that I can think of that just drives me fucking bonkers. There are definitely some, there, there's definitely like one place where that's used as a mechanic, like to deliberately stop you climbing until you've gotten to the end of this area in the bog. Uh, that might be another one. Because there there was one that's like, it's, it's like always raining. You're trying to get the balls into the, into the four bowls, basically the four different colored balls into the four bowls to get the shrine to appear. Hmm. Uh, and it just, it, it doesn't stop raining there, but that one you can sort of, there, there are a handful of ways to like yeah get around that. Yeah. They, yeah. It's not the same as like, it just started raining randomly, yeah. which is just irritating. Yeah. The lightning strikes for using metal weapons and stuff is weird. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, you know, I guess that's a way to, to force you to use other stuff which is i guess fine yeah it's also and i i have i have once nearly managed to blow a guy up by throwing a metal weapon on the ground next to him in a lightning storm (laughs) oh i i was i was hoping that he would decide that that metal sword was better than the shitty club he was using and pick it up but i I didn't didn't score that one but i think more than any Japanese game I can think of. This game has a very like Western design sensibility in the in the sense that like the systems came from a, a idea of simulation, hmm. and so like I'm not sure you can ascribe any particular decision to like game design because they just simulated a world and then let yeah. things fall as yeah. fall as they yeah, so I like love that. yeah yeah me too even even when it is like sometimes really annoying, um, but like I think that. The, I'm not sure that like metal weapons, like lightning strikes, affect like preventing you from using them. Um, I don't think that was something that they decided they needed to do for any game design reason. I think it just was like something they decided should happen ah. because it, it, that would be what would happen, hmm. even if it's not actually what would happen. Sure. I uh, I like you know you can toss a bomb into a a lake and get a bunch of fish that way. <laughs> uh, I have not found a ton of use for the stasis power. Yeah. But I'm maybe I'm just overlooking something. I've heard people talk about like hitting a boulder a bunch and then climbing on top of that boulder. Yeah. I've, I've seen that happen. Yeah. I've never actually successfully done it in any like useful way. Okay. Yeah. It doesn't seem like the, it lasts long enough for me to, correctly execute the stuff that you would have to execute to really take advantage of it but right um the the, all the shrines have been really cool and they continue to be different and neat and i have multiple times had to sit there and think okay how can i possibly do this and so far have not yet encountered a shrine that i have not been able to 
overcome all of the challenges. Including the optional chests and stuff. As far as I'm aware. Yeah, everyone that I've found. I've, everyone, every chest that I have seen, I have acquired. Um, so it's possible that I've missed some, for sure. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm, and I'm really digging that aspect of it. Like, the shrines are definitely, like, sort of my, the yeah. meat and potatoes of my, like, puzzle Yeah, hunger. they're super good. And the fact that there's, what, there's like a hundred and some of them, 150 20, of them, 120? I think, yeah. That's great. Yeah. What about you, Riff? You played anything? Uh, other than the assignment, pretty much nothing new. Um, I played a bunch of Realm Grinder and Fallout Shelter, and I did some save scumming in Pokemon Sun to get multiples of the new promotional hat-wearing Pikachu. <laughs> uh, that was, wow, that was a about hat? It. A hat Pokemon is like the intersection of all of your interests. That's true. Yeah, yeah. Can, is that something you can like trade to other people uh, or something? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you is this like a you've just farmed up a bunch of bitcoins and they're just going to appreciate yeah, and value because it was it was a limited <laughs> edition kind of thing or possibly yeah yeah I mean mo- mostly I I did it because. The way this promotion works is there's the there's six different hats for these Pikachu, and which one mm-hmm. you get uh, is determined by what date you enter the code on. So I was oh, checking to see if it was possible to get all six of them by by reusing the codes by uh, burning your save files. Uh, okay. And 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 so in the course of you know testing that out, I ended up with three of the first available one so but that does seem like it works so my my uh my full collection is still on track <laughs> what about you jim uh i played a game called let me double check this i believe it was called flippy knife okay um uh which is you know, one of those uh, endless runner sort of deals where you are um, kind of there's a knife that's kind of, that's, that's that's stabbing into uh, a surface, and you you swipe it and it goes spinning up in the air, and you're trying to get it to stab into the next surface over. Mm. Um, and because that's basically impossible to do on purpose, they just give you infinite retries. So it's not really a game so much as just like here's a thing to do like a physics toy that you can keep playing with until it does what you want and then yeah it changes what you want that's cool yeah you know it's I I honestly it's kind of enjoy and then like they have an unlock system where you can buy like hundreds hundreds of different kinds of knives <laughs> so I feel like this is a very much like a, a the sort of the game that like someone who actually flips knives in real life would be into gotcha. It sounds, I mean, it reminds me of, what's the guy's name that made Pancake Flap and Burger? Yeah, I was thinking the Pancake one, too. Is that Philip Stolenmeier? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that feels like a Philip Stolenmeier kind of jam. Yeah, I I feel like if Philip Stolenmeier did it, it would be a little bit more, like... Polished. Deliberate. Like, because it's pretty polished. Uh Uh-huh. But, like, in terms of, like, what you, the player, do, I didn't feel like I ever had much control over... Whether or not what like I had control over where the knife landed, but not how many times it flipped, because it has to flip like uh, an integral number of times or close to it right. to land in the correct direction, and I didn't feel like I had much control or any control over that. 
What about a game where you threw your phone as if it were a knife? Uh-huh. And uh, if it landed and didn't shatter, then it counted as a correct, as a good knife throw. I'm going to get to work on that right now. Okay. I can do that because I have a pretty sturdy case for my phone. Nice. Like, I can toss this thing across the room. It'll be fine. Yeah, um, but it also weighs it down, so you can't toss it as fast or as far or as hard. Well, the weight, actually, I think will let me uh, put a lot more power into the, thro- into the throw. Mm, I don't know. I don't know if that works that way. Uh, well, we can we can do some. I think that if later. you took a major league baseball pitcher and uh-huh. you handed him a wiffle ball, uh-huh. he would be able to throw it at like thousands of miles per hour. <laughs> okay, <laughs> it could be. If you put a big heavy leather case, like what? Like you're going to just wrap a baseball in leather? <laughs> Pleather, please. Do you guys want to talk about the assignment? Sure. Yeah. Sure. Le- le- so the assignment was Legend of Metroid. Me- Metroid Returns. Or Samus Returns. Metroid Return of Samus? A-N-2-R. Metroid Samus Returns. Is that what it's called? For the 3DS. Yeah. Um, Real real good. It's real bad. It's real good. (laughs) Real, real bad. You're real wrong. It's real good. (laughs) Uh, I didn't like it. Uh, Ah. We we have finally achieved 2v2. (laughs) So this game is a remake of... Uh, Metroid, Metroid 2, two which a I fan game called A2MR. I hated it's, Metroid 2 so much that I can't I, do, I have no idea how faithful an adaptation this is. Like it was we did Metroid 2 as an assignment a long time ago yeah. and I think I want to say that I bounced off of it five or six rooms in. I played through the entire thing. Right. And you loved it. I did. Riff, what was your feeling about the original Metroid 2? Uh, I liked it pretty good. I I played it, you know, originally as a kid when it came out on Game Boy. So I had I had a nostalgia for it, but also Would you say this knew is every nook and cranny of it. Um, I don't think it's really faithful in terms of geography. Oh no, no. I would not say that at all. This feels, it, it feels thirty so times as big as uh, yeah, definitely. It has a lot of the same. I, I remember from Metroid Two having these large, like cavernous spaces yeah, for the first time, and that it sort definitely of large, has a lot of. Big cavern spaces space that also has like sort of like a big building inside it that you go inside. Yeah, yeah. That and and this does kind of capture a lot of that. I'm I'm almost halfway through at this point, judging from the like countdown timer of Metroids to collect, uh, and there are still just a ton of doors that I don't know how to get through. Doors yeah. and blocks that I can't destroy. I, I got two of the 40 Metroids, or however many, 38 there are. Yeah. Uh, the second one took me probably 25 tries to win the fight, and it was only after Riff explained to me what I was doing wrong that I even understood how to, to win it, and then, then even after that, it took me five more tries. Yeah, it, it doesn't telegraph very well, like, if you're equipped for the fight or not, so I did a lot of bouncing off of Metroids as well. You're always equipped for the fight, I would say. Like, it's always technically possible to win. Yeah. So it, the game has but, this system where it's, I guess, kind of like the combat in, like, Arkham Asylum, where... A monster, and almost every monster in the game does this. It will telegraph that it's about to charge at you, and then you have a button that you have to press that is like a melee counter to fend off that attack if you time it right. And 
I would say that I am able to successfully execute on that zero times out of every ten. That that's definitely the only thing I don't like about this game. I, I feel and like I when it was announced at all. when it was announced, if if they had said in the announcement that every monster has a quick time event, then a, an you could have you, you could have heard the oh. fuck you without having the internet. So, so, so I don't engage in the system at all. I have played the game and I and I hit this button. I've hit this button maybe twenty times, and that's all. Right. I don't know how you fights. get away with that. I, just, I, I, don't I, I don't mind it in boss fights, but but because I I just I, shoot everything. It's not that hard. You get a gun that can shoot through walls, and you just shoot everything. But then the thing is going to flash and come at you, and like that's no, fine. You just dodge. You shoot every like. I think Kevin spends an hour in every room meticulously shooting everything before it's on the same screen as him it's not and then entirely true. I, it probably does i probably do take longer than you y'all but i the, i it does not take that long to kill everything with just shooting stuff. so so my problem with trying to engage with the game that way is that i am so completely lost all the time that i am constantly going through the same rooms over and over and over again is the map There's, not help you i i don't i don't it doesn't fucking tell you where the fuck you're supposed to go if that's what you mean by helping you because like okay, i guess it, if it, that's what you mean by lost then okay well i mean like so when people describe this as being like metroid zero mission except for metroid 2 i was like oh great because i couldn't go back to the original metroid and actually play it now without just following a walkthrough the entire time. Yeah. And a walk a text walkthrough of Metroid would be terrible because it would be like, go through this identical looking thing, except maybe this one thing is orange instead of blue. Metroid Zero Mission just told you where you were supposed to go on the map every single time. Right. And like I felt I felt like I was constantly just like trying to figure out how the fuck to get back to where I was after having gone through what were effectively a bunch of one way doors owing to gravity or like a thing that I bombed through high on a wall or whatever. And like you guys started talking about, Oh man, it's so great. Once you get the spider ball, which you get in the second area and like me not finding that meant that I was just I, like I, the last like hour that I spent playing was just backtracking until I got killed by monsters. I refused to fucking fight because there's no benefit to fighting them. How often were you doing like the map scans and stuff? Pretty often. Like I like I was trying to find my way out of a block of rooms that I could not find the exit. I could not find an exit that I could use to this block of rooms. Hmm. And like I couldn't remember where I'd been. Like the map scan I think makes the game actively worse for me because knowing that those rooms are there but not knowing how they are connected just causes me to spend a shitload of time retracing my steps around a a room trying to get into it when the door is nowhere near where so, I am. So Zach, if like, it makes you feel better, I found the spider ball and then I got stuck in a cluster of rooms for like two hours. Okay. I didn't know where to go. So like, okay, the spider ball wouldn't have helped. Spider ball wouldn't have fixed it. <laughs> I mean, I think I was just like missing the signaling about where I was supposed to go. Sure. Apparently like, yeah, I mean, and I did, I didn't want like uh zero mission style, like a guy, Pops up a little dialogue <laughs> telling you where to go. Little little paper. I kind of did like, want like, that yeah. because then like I could trying to find the hall. The then I could have just paper clipped. Played yeah. the game. Like I don't have time to to explore a giant space that doesn't give you any direction at this point. Like that. Also, <laughs> I mean, like that's kind of what the fun part of a Metroid game is. Not not yeah. zero mission. 
Yeah. Zero mission tells you where to go. Zero mission tells you where to go. There's plenty of things off to the side that you can find. There's plenty of opportunities for sequence breaking and stuff. But like, I don't know. Like, I feel like even maybe this is um, maybe I'm attributing the different feature from a different game to this. But I think even Super Metroid, like when you got an item, it would pop up the mini map and tell you, like, here's where you can go to use this item. Well, I mean, so I the it, it doesn't it doesn't yeah, tell it you Metroid. Okay, so the map tells you where the next Metroid is if you want to know that. Well, it doesn't. It tells you where the next Metroid is if you don't have a Metroid DNA already stuck in your gun. No, well, okay, yeah. So you have to go back and you you go back. Right, and the last hour of my gameplay was spent trying to figure out how to get back to that fucking thing and being unable to in in the area that I was in. Like, so, I mean, that was my problem, right? Like... Like, for half the game, it doesn't tell you where you're supposed to go because you're supposed to go to the same place over and over again. So I guess it is telling you that. No, really, Riff is telling you that well, if you're me. So, like, the way that the way that I play is I explore an area as thoroughly as I can, uh, trying to collect all the power-ups and kill as many Metroids as I can. And then if I am, at that point, unable to figure out where to go next, then I go get the, like, heads up about where the next Metroid is. But you can, you know, I think I got the... I think I got four out of the six in the first area. Is it, or is it? No, it's four. There's only four in the second area. So I got. I think I got. I think I got all four of those before I went back to that thing. And then I think in the second area where there's six, I think I got four out of six. I also feel like the game controls really badly. Like yeah, maybe I, this I is true of every Metroid game, yeah. but I found myself absolutely constantly running off the edge of platforms that I intended to jump off of. I wanted to get into fa- this too. Falling like, into I, spikes. I feel like the game feel for this Metroid is pretty bad and I feel like it was a mistake for me to say that without like going back to Metroid 1 to make sure it wasn't similar. It, um, I, mean, I, I will grant that it seems like they probably put more emphasis on the animations being accurate than the like that f- might be it i feel like also the... like the game runs at 30 frames a second instead of 60 i don't know which um it affects the responsiveness like i think things kept happening like for example um i'm ducking to shoot something mm-hmm. and the thing hits me and i bounce back and i'm standing i'm still holding down on the circle pad but i'm not i don't you don't duck when you when you hold down you duck when you press down right and so, like, like apparently there's, like, a state machine in the game where, like, pressing down is a command, which kind of makes sense because you have to push down twice to go into morph ball mode. Uh, but, like, if you're holding down and you're standing, clearly, like, the thing to do... Is uh, to re-duck. Is to re-duck. And yeah. I feel like this is just an example, like, one that's, of... That's a good example. One of a hundred yeah. examples of, like, they didn't think the controls through. Okay. Um, that's, that's a really... That's a, I think that's a really strong criticism obviously a lot of people really like this game and are not as bothered by like just shoot everything from a distance (laughs) yeah well like is there an auto fire that i missed no like you just have to fucking jam on the i just press the button a lot i I woke april up i was playing this in bed and i woke her up jamming on the shoot button. that's funny there is a uh there is a power that you get that will auto fire but it uses all the like mana that you you have so that's not that's not a uh, reliable way to to do it right it, there's I there's so many power ups. It's they're good. It's like <laughs> power ups and, and exploration of, of spaces. Ups. It's really great. Yeah. I found a few. I found a charge beam and an ice beam. Yeah, yeah. Which I found the ice beam like 
impossible to na- I mean, probably what I was supposed to do was use the ice beam to freeze shit and navigate oh, out yeah. of the space that I was That's in. Probably it. But nothing was ever frozen long enough for me to try that charge eight times the to the fucking jump on a beam. thing that it took did, for me to I actually did land on the figure out you have to yeah, charge doing up the, the ice beam. Doing the charge beam, yeah, still not long enough because the jumping is so fucking bad mm-hmm. in oh, yeah, this fair game. Enough. Like it's I didn't have any problem with the jumping at all, although it's pretty similar to Metroid two jumping, so maybe I was just pre accustomed to it. Oh yeah. Maybe they just maybe you don't duck by holding the D pad in Metroid two as well. I feel like I had a lot of problems with the jumping in the original Metroid in going back to it because it's like sometimes when you start spinning yeah. the mm. the physics of the way that the jump acts changes. It changes, yeah. Right. And that didn't seem to be happening here. It I, wasn't the same problem. There was there but, was there's definitely something happening where like spinning versus not spinning is a different state. Um but like yeah, that that that's what I mean by like I kind of wanted. I feel like I should have gone back to Metroid One to like. Is, does this game actually feel like as good as my memory, like my memory of it indicates? Because I I I don't think that was a great platformer. Yeah. I played Zero Mission again recently. Yeah, and it feels good to okay. run around and jump around and shoot in this, the way that I think Super Metroid does mm-hmm. also. And that, like, I think having had Super Metroid so fresh in my mind when I played Metroid 2 on the Game Boy, I was like, wow, this is trash. Like, this <laughs> is just bad and feels bad and looks bad. And I think you can't see any areas because the screen is a tiny Game Boy screen. Yeah. I th- and I feel like that that scale, for whatever reason, translated to this game as well. I yeah, like the same as is huge, big. and you can't see much of the like. I mean, at least the map is there all the time because you yeah, get the second helps. screen, which does help a ton. But um, but I think Metroid Two, the Game Boy game, predates Super Metroid. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. Does it? I'm pretty sure. I'm yeah. pretty sure. It wasn't one of those things where like Link's Awakening came out after a Link to the Past. Weirdly, right. Um. Yeah, so it, like it may well be that that was like a midpoint between like Metroid One's controls and Super Metroid's controls, or yeah. like more uh, inspired by one than the plans for the third one. I don't think the Super Metroid really tells you where you're supposed to go. I think I just probably played it with a walkthrough when oh, I got yeah. stuck. And also, it looks so beautiful and is just <laughs> such a joy to, like, jump around and shoot stuff in and to explore that it didn't bother me. Now like, you, this looks like a... This game probably also, had a lot more patience in 1993 or whatever. No, because I, I didn't... Pl- I played Super Metroid for the first time as a video game hot dog assignment when I was, oh, like, wow, okay. 35. Like, it... it this game also just, just saved it looks up. like a fucking PS1 game, and I hate <laughs> it. Like, I just, like, it's clearly just divided into a bunch of cubes, right? Like fucking tiles in a Metroid game, except they're just low-poly 3D shit soup for no reason. Ugh, man. Well, the reason is you can't do, like, uh, sprite, uh, like, pixel art and also take advantage of the 3DS's 3D. I guess that's true. So if you're going to have just a... make it look like Minecraft. Oh, yeah. There you go. <laughs> I mean, in this, as in everything that my experience with the 3D was to turn it on in the beginning, think, oh, right, this is terrible, and then turn it off yeah. immediately. Right, Riff, weren't you playing it on a 2DS? Yeah. Nice. I played it with 3D. It was fine. Yeah, but you have super cyber bionic eyes. That's true. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
that isn't really true. I mean, I don't know if it, it is could or be not. true. Maybe it is. Yeah. Well, so real, real if, we, if, we're giving, if we're giving things a score, I think this this one gets a fifty percent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man, I was disappointed because I was looking forward to it. It's weird a because lot, I I hate everything about love, it. it. It's weird having two games that I am super excited about uh, at the same time. Right, Metroid and Zelda, both yeah. of which you can play on handheld platforms. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. I mean, I'm happy that there's a new parts. Metroid game that everybody likes and a new Zelda game that everybody likes out right now. Yeah. It's, yeah, I can play one until the battery runs out, and then I plug that in, and I go play the other one. And then the battery draining from that one charges the 3DS. Exactly. And then you can go back and forth forever. Yep. I just I sit on a, like an extra cycle to charge the other thing. Right. Yeah, that's good. Did I ever tell you guys about the time that my Cub Scout group toured a, uh, a uh, power plant, and they had this demo station where there were these big like pillars with a bunch of light bulbs on them and an exercise bike and you could pedal the exercise bike uh to and the the faster you were pedaling it the, the more, more lights. lights would light up i don't know if it was actually because the bike was powering them that seems a little unlikely to me that you could just pedal a bike and light up 50 light bulbs uh, depending on how little wide they were, lot. but I uh, accidentally leaned on one of the pillars covered with light bulbs, and it fell into another one and just broke all oh, of man. these light bulbs. Yeah, that's wow. Just real, real klutzy. I'm perfectly willing to blame the uh, the designer. Yeah, yeah, for having a huge, tall, fragile thing stacked up in a place where you're demoing this shit to a bunch of children. Yeah, yeah. In retrospect, I guess I can. I mean. I don't know. I was such an asshole back then that it's hard for me to not blame myself for everything well, sure. that went wrong Fair around enough. me. I also remember leaning off the roof of that and and uh, spitting and being amazed. All of us, all of us Cub Scouts, being amazed at how long it took our spit to hit the ground. <laughs> it's a tall building. Yeah, I mean, it was probably only five or six stories tall, but it was the tallest building any of us had ever been in. Oh yeah. Um, what is our assignment? I don't remember. Steam oh, World Steam Dig World 2. Dig 2 on the NES Switch. <laughs> <laughs> on the Sony Nintendo. Uh, the... well, you can play it on any platform that you want, but I think it's coming out on the Switch tomorrow. Okay. Or today. I'm what excited about that because I really liked Steam World Dig 1. I hope it's the same kind of... I hope it's another Dig Realms as opposed to a Steam World Heist. It apparently I think it is, it is yeah. into that. It I think is, it's more it is a direct sequel, I think. More, more digging. Cool. Man, all I want is power-ups. I just want power-ups and more power-ups and maybe get it's, some jewels. It, yeah. SteamWorld Dig, Steam Dig is so similar to Metroid with just a destructible environment in a different way, right? Like, No. Okay. I mean, I, could, I, could, I see where you're coming from here. All right. Like, SteamWorld Dig had like a they, lot of set-piece boss fights, which I think was interesting. Okay. It had like a lot of little pre-made levels that you would go into, which yeah. was kind of cool. Um, but no, it's not like there, there weren't like the stupid melee counter. It's not a thing in SteamWorld. Don't well, we it. don't know. Maybe it is. Just pretend that button doesn't exist. You can beat the game without <sighs> I it. I, I didn't really killed. have a problem with the counters. I thought that was fine. All the time. Ugh. Yeah. Ugh. 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 I started countering things. I actually used that system a lot. Oh, yeah? Like. When things would flash, I would hit the counter button, and then I would shoot them. That's yeah. great. Yeah. 
And I was just like, oh, Metroid Samus Returns, how do I hate thee? Let me counter the ways. All. All probably, of them. It's probably like in how in Zelda I never used the shield, and that's probably a really dumb way to play, but that's just how I play. Yeah, I feel like talking to you and Riff about that, I'm I'm with him. Like I used it only because that's also how you Z-target how yeah, you, is, I, an enemy. Yeah, I can't. Like, you say you fight without without targeting targeting the enemy, Kevin, and and I, yeah. I will accept that you say that, but I don't understand how you do it. <laughs> well, you throw bombs. <laughs> yeah, I throw bombs. You don't need. You just have to get it. You, the trick is to not be near the bomb when you blow it up. <laughs> That's the extent of my. Uh, and to not be near the enemy ever, I guess. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't use a lot of melee stuff, but I can also. You just also just. If you just swing at the enemy, you hit them most of the time. Mm. Guess if you got those fancy big swords. Sure. Well, SteamWorld Dig 2. Yep. Um, well, this episode is short, but also I think it was bad. So there's, there's that. <laughs> what if you time stretch it out to 90 minutes? Okay. Would that well, make we it better? Just do 14 minutes of reasons that you think, uh, you think that you're tired. There's only one of those. Okay. And it was because I ate a shitload of pop brownies this okay. afternoon. I didn't really. Just one. No. Just ten. Uh, guys, do you know who this episode of Video Game Sontag was inflicted on us by? I have no idea. Oh. Our gener- generous Patreon backers. Roland Cole. What, what is, what is Patreon? Cole. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> paste Cole. Paste, paste Lafayette. <laughs> Uh, dad, 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 chum. (laughs) Trigger volume Jones. (laughs) Mike Steez. Etsy Pinterestson. (laughs) Fulbright Scholarship. Stips. (laughs) Fulbright Scholarship. Stips Nipples. Steamworks Atlanta. John Foundation. Wood grain varnish. Lemon mole wax. Lemon party. Party mole wax. Task rabbit tub girl. <laughs> Can we be done now? Can wow. we be done now? <laughs> Our Patreon backers are going to love this. Um, gentlemen, I've had a fantastic time recording this episode. Num- Tag yourself. Three, 303 of Video Games Hot Dog with you, and I hope we do it again real soon. And listeners, I will understand if you don't join us, but uh, if you do... Please forget uh, us. Yeah, if you do, uh, well, there'll be there'll be a little bit more brain power in the room next time, I promise. Cockaboo-boo-balaya. Uh, wow. Cockaboo-boo-balaya. <laughs> Have a great week, everybody. Good night. Good night.